You're listening to a Talent Miles Talks podcast produced by Talent Miles, the company using digital approaches to create more dialogue and learning in teams and faster change in companies. Welcome to the Talent Miles Talks. My name is Bo Magnus Salenius. I am one of the founders of Talent Miles and I'm a developer and designer of concepts for supporting learning and change in large organizations. My fellow discussant here is Professor Wim Kaiselas, Professor of Learning and Development and Chair of his department at Maastricht University. And together with Wim, uh, uh, about a year ago or so, we set out to do interviews with leaders and how they approach leadership in the extraordinary times that we have, that, that, that we are um, experiencing. Welcome, Wim. Thank you. And um, today's, today's theme is going beyond the end of the pandemic. It's not really a, a topic, as a, just a, a tight topic, as you can understand, of course, but it actually says, it speaks volumes. So as a start, we take the notion that the, the year we, have, we are living through now is transformational time, a time which has involved many changes. And I say this. Uh, because there are there are so this, there's so much discussion going on that sounds like this has been a bad dream and we sort of just pick up pick up from where we left off, and so we, we this is obviously being learner learning uh, researchers specialists and developers and enthusiasts and leaders that's not an approach you can take right you have to start with this idea that, that people have traveled somewhere during this year in their mind, in their learning, in their understanding. And what we have to do now is somehow uh, support that going further. I'm reminded by my Irish uh, psychologist friend way back when who said, slightly frustrated with, with, with the younger version of me, he said something like, Bo, you, you've got to start where they are at. When he when he got somewhat somewhat annoyed with with a plan we had for development in 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 a, in a, in a project where, where that we worked on together, the guest and the and 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 the, a leader we have invited to discuss this with us today, and 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 discuss her own insights of the work of, of of the leadership work that is that is going on and that is going to go on, is Inna Wahlberg. Uh, General Manager of Asia Services at Ascender. Ina is experiencing the challenges and realities of leadership with, uh, with, 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 with success and impressive diversity of, of global experiences. I'll let her uh, open, uh, open up a little about, bit about those. Her story of thinking and approaching leadership and business growth, we think, is inspirational to other practitioners and interesting from the point of view of research as well. And we let 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 uh, Wim be the judge of that, and 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 conduct his own interviews later. Welcome to the show, Inna. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Now you are reaching us from, and us being me in in Finland, and and Wim being located in Maastricht, I I think, and you are reaching us from Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, look, I, I've lived here for eight years now, uh, together with my family, and obviously, that sort of we, we earlier discussed as well that I I usually like to introduce myself as a woman of a certain age, <laughs> rather than go into specifics. But yes, happily lived here for eight years. It's going to be good. It, it's quite interesting, of of course, in in many. But 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 more about your background a little bit. You are 
how, how would you describe yourself in, in by way of background in sort of professionally what are your your fields of i don't know fields of expertise fields of of, of at ease of feeling at ease and and so on yeah look so obviously i graduated from hanken back back when and in organizations and leadership and i think my career aspiration was to become like a wildly successful consultant as, as many many in that area have and i was partly successful in that i i set forth and became an sap consultant uh, which was an, an, an in human resources that was like very in demand field to implement sap at the time and uh I guess happily, I sort of landed in some really sort of nimble and international companies because that was, I mean, there was a lack of resources. So companies, even in Finland, had to bring in talent from elsewhere. So I was sort of exposed to very international environments right from the onset. Um, I spent about 10 years really working in that sort of general area, but with a company that was sort of small enough to provide, I guess, a fair bit of opportunity to some someone like me. So I, I tried my hand at a number of roles, which I think is probably impossible in a very large organization because of sort of structural challenges. And uh, and at, at the sort of end of the 10 years, I was then offered to travel to Singapore. The company was still growing and wanting to also expand in Asia. So they suggested to me that I would pick up and go to to, to Singapore and see if I can run a team there, which was, which was obviously fantastic. And I was just, yeah, let's do it. That's amazing. So So, so here we are, but then uh, I had been for quite some time with that organization when I, when I came to Asia, I also sort of had the notion that they weren't really properly investing in Asia when I came here, it sort of became fairly evident, but I, I got another opportunity, which was a bit sort of random. I, I, and you know, if you're a consultant, you often dream of working on the customer side because you think that that's going to somehow be better because <laughs> it seems like a Zen. <laughs> um, so I, so I joined a client organization as for, and very quickly because that was a very large organization in, in mining and minerals. And uh, they um, did one of their reorgs, which I then subsequently learned that they would do basically every six months a full 180. <laughs> uh, and um, I was put in charge of all of their SAP systems that they had operated sort of globally, which was fantastically unqualified to do that job actually, but then it didn't really seem to matter. And that was, was quite educational as well because it required me to pick up that whole like I don't actually know how to do stuff myself so I have to find a way to get people to do this for me now uh, <laughs> which I think was quite sort of formative and then but then three years of that sort of very large organization and trying to find out how to operate in that environment and I got a call then from from a sender uh, where I am today and they asked me if I was interested in running their Asia operations for them and, and that was kind of like a return home it's this area of sort of HR payroll outsourcing and so the company is a payroll outsourcing vendor um, operating as a leader in APAC and so that's sort of where I am today and general as a general manager I'm responsible then for essentially the full delivery chain for our customers so from account management and products and implementation and also end-to-end -end services so so yeah that's a quick issue well, that, that, that was that was that was very good I I, I know if I let my 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 fellow discussant Wim off here now. He, he there was so so many clues for him to to pick up on 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 how you have developed your expertise and so on. But we will resist those and go ahead with with and and start, try for a while more to stay focused on on a few uh, more sort of co 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 company change things. Because but but having said this, there the, the, there are many interesting back things in your background and. One doesn't need to be a very 
very, very accomplished uh, rocket scientist or psychologist to understand that those exper experiences that you have had have made you certainly in many in, in many ways uh, much more resilient and 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 qualified to 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 to, to take on the, ch the challenges that have not obviously have not been that that clear i mean of the, during this year for instance now i mean it's been it, it's been about fast learning as, as, and and it's it's been about really going ahead and doing do, doing things and making them happen with people some sometimes staying home and sometimes being out in other places and 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 we, we if i understand it also in over asia in, uh, the, 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 there are well heavily varying situations as as there are indeed in europe or in anywhere else in uh, in the world the world today so if um, if we look at the last year and and and, and thereby covid I, I i almost hate saying the word covid so let's use it just a little the last the last year what have you observed uh what, what, if you look at at the at the way you have worked as a, as a leader what what is leadership asking from you to compare to the time before uh there were these troubles yeah look i i think if i look at what is on the market if i just sort of move a little bit aside from my leadership it's like there's a lot of this whole like well what about like making sure we've got good engagement how do we get our employees to really stay with you know in, in this like remote operating model how can we get them to be engaged and i think what i see in my organization is that we were very lucky in a sense because we had already worked so much on this particular topic in the previous years for other reasons right we obviously didn't know anything was coming but we just we, I, we had this strong desire to pick up the team and make them have this sort of shared direction and then sort of i always say like have them walking about a little bit taller and being a little bit more proud of what we do um so having had that momentum in place definitely helped us actually, I think, ride, obviously the storm is far from over, unfortunately, but just that ride it out in terms of people believing that the organization stands by them and that they also benefit from standing by the organization, if you will. Um, so I think if I, if I just, if I look at all these, I guess, opportunistic marketing folks who, who now sell you engagement tools, I just always, Whilst I'm really optimistic, I think it's really difficult for an organization to start now to build engagement. They now I care about you, and now you're important to me because <laughs> working from home yes. is probably problematic. So, I think yeah. that's that's why. Like I think this whole like how to drive engagement in a situation like this has been the most the, the biggest theme. And and I feel fairly fortunate to say that it's been relatively easy. We still work very hard at it, and it's one of the main areas that I worry about in, in work. But it's yeah. just uh, we, be, before uh, I I know. Vim, I, I can see he, he wants to, to comment, and it, it's a very good place. But but just quickly, if you, I'm, I'm curious now because if you wouldn't have had such a such a good starting point, you you would have had an organization where that so much of that work that you described had that, that had gone on before before the pandemic. If it hadn't gone on, and and you were basically in the situations where you would have to. To really do some, try to do something at, at the, uh, uh, about the, the 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 engagement part and the whole building trust and so on. Do you how have have you seen experience, uh, experienced companies where that has 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 also? I mean, how have companies 
managed to do that if they have had had the bad bad situation because otherwise it sounds like if you didn't do this before there's no way you can start now yeah look look, it is a bit like that i i think um i think you really have to like this this all genuineness and openness and and showing that you trust your people so that they might trust you back and i think if you if if you're going to start somewhere for me it's always quite easy to start with being sort of unapologetically yourself it's very hard to be something else <laughs> so it, it is a bit of a like it, it's easy for me to say like, look we're, we're just going to sit here and we're going to be really transparent with each other we're going to be yes reasonably respectful because that's the right way to do things we don't want to offend people intentionally but we do we, I always explained it as well to to people here with this whole like let's just eliminate those because people are very worried about stepping on each other's toes in an organizational context but if we just pretend like there are no toes for a little while then maybe we can get something done because we're not afraid to point out to each other things that we see that are not working out um so that's sort of toeless zone i guess here <laughs> fantastic uh, vim here is a, a finnish part of finnish management for you we, we, let's get away with those they they are get they get in the way <laughs> i this by this comment i open I I I I I passed the the talking stone over to you. Is there when from from so far from this description of of Inna, so that, that does it connect to to your experiences and your your research? Yeah, so it looks like the Finnish people are getting pretty close to the Dutch people in the sense of the way you spend your money. If you have no toes anymore, you can uh, reduce your shoe size, and that makes your shoes cheaper. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so to see that connection, there were three things actually which triggered me, Ina, and I thought Dutch would say bingo. And uh, the bingo moment is like, got shit. Uh, the first was when you mentioned SAP. And uh, the second was when you said it looks like when you're working as a consultant, the client is always doing better than the consultant. And the third was, uh, it's all about building engagement and trust. And uh, and the, the common threat, <coughs> uh, the common theme around all this is that basically uh, you are talking about people need to adapt, they need to learn, you need to create, need to create a condition that happens. So when we introduced SAP uh, within the university, we thought we had solved our, all our problems, but they only started because we needed to realign nearly every process, and in the end we needed to shut down the university for a week. Uh, because nothing worked anymore the way we, we used to work. But nowadays we are, you know, uh, it's, uh, we are very happy we, we made that choice. Uh, but we underestimated the importance of making people learn within an organization. So um, then you said as a consultant when you work with clients, it always looks like at the other side of the wall is it better or different, it's more attractive. And I had the same experience in my career. I always thought as a professor that companies were doing a better job than universities until I started working with companies. And then I noticed that they had the same issues like we had. And so that was the interesting part. But the most important part is when you were talking about building engagement and trust. And that you said, uh, you know, we already basically we already had done the job before the crisis started. And uh, that would bring me to my first question, because my research is basically about 
how companies can create a building uh, uh, engagement and trust because they need to achieve something. What I, in my field, that what I need to achieve is high performance and getting to zero, making zero mistakes. And uh, when I tell them, and when they come to me for asking me how they can move towards making zero mistakes, the first thing they would start talking about is you need to create new structures, you need to implement new procedures, and there should be more technology and resources. And my answer is always, uh, then you shouldn't talk to me because I'm going to tell you an inconvenient truth that all lies within the people. And that's, uh, let's say, the soft part in the equation. It's a part talks about the importance of having the people with you. And it takes me quite a while to get them there. And uh, so I was just interested in how you as a leader can create engagement and trust in an organization because you can't tell the other, I'm now from this day on, I'm trusting you. And just like you can't tell the other, we are a team. It needs to work out that we are a team. So I'm just you're curious in what kind of stories you would like to share with us about trust. I mean, trust I mean yeah, so I, 100%, right? So I think this is the, the whole thing. I am perhaps the least patient person that I know in the world. And, and I think for me, this has been the whole, like, I, you need to keep with it, right? So you start mm -hmm. and you say, what is the most important thing we need to do? And you tell you, you, you explain to yourself and whoever else is similar to yours, you, that it's going to take a long time. And you, you say, look, when I say a long time, I mean like years, <laughs> not hours. So, and you say, look, and, and, and you've got to be so damn persistent and you've got to be so strict with yourself about following so you know if you say well if we make a mistake we're going to make sure that we understand why that mistake happened but we also make sure that people feel safe making those mistakes to a certain degree um because mm -hmm. i was going to pick up on that earlier so when you've got people you people make mistakes so if you, if you don't want to have any mistakes then you might need to do away with all the people i think in in your organization unfortunately and we we're definitely a people business so we've got mistakes happening all the time and i think the real problem was actually when people cover up those mistakes in in fear of sharing with your with their bosses that something happened because here in asia it's just this wonderful term about getting scolded so it's sort of your manager will scold you <laughs> and i was like well we're not you know i, I just Coming from where I come from, that's such an alien concept that you would have this sort of treating your employees as children. I said, look, we are all adults here. It's pretty voluntary to work. So if you don't enjoy it, you don't have to come in. But if you do come in, I expect a, a reasonable level of commitment to what we do. And I expect a certain pride in what we do. We're not going to be, you know, if you can do it better, then why wouldn't you? Like, why would you let, let out a product that's half-baked? So, so let's, let's sort of put in a couple of sort of basic tenants. And one of the things that we said in, in there, we had these sort of objectives that we were driving to. And one of them was this whole, like, bringing your best self to work. So, you know, you don't have to be happy always. You don't have to be like the cheerleader for the organization. But come as good as you're able to that day. Like, bring that into work. And then, you know, everyone else will be the same way. And everyone will be, so if you're feeling miserable, then you should feel safe to tell everyone that you're really not feeling it today. And you're kind of going to be a little bit low performing it all of these things are reasonably unfamiliar in 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 in, in the I, I want to say the broadest sense of asian culture in particular in singapore it's pretty much manager tells you what to do you do and then once you're done you can go home at six o'clock um so so when i suggested to people that i didn't measure them on the hours and i actually measured them on what what they produced it was often 
like you really have to persist with that as well and you have to really show them in different ways that that is actually the case <laughs> um so so that that's that's been and i think that leading by example right i mean the whole like continuously being the example and admitting that you don't know things and admitting that there are things that you have to figure out as a leader as well and not trying to portray expertise mm -hmm. in situations where you don't have it and, mm -hmm. and such so, like you know when you when when we when we discussed before this 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 podcast and then you you said something or described sort of a, a culture change um type of of not not a project because i understand do understand that it's much more than a project it's really a, a time of and, and, and a number of years that you actually have worked on would you this if i now understand as i understand this is what you are talking about here that that it takes those years and those that time and that actual proof of the fact that you 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 are really doing you are not just lip servicing here but you are actually you are actually uh, sort of do, doing as you as you say like i really mean this right this, yeah, exactly. I, it's actually true it's not some sort of manic so we had zero consultants right we had zero external yeah. you know it, we really just me and my leadership team was set forth saying like one of the main things we need to change is how people think and behave or, and that will ultimately yeah. make us successful um and i think that that's uh, that's yeah. really uh, like, yeah. and, you know trust the problem with trust is you, you know you, when you're still building it you can break it so much more easier than actually fortify it yeah. as well so how has it I'm curious how, how has it showed during this this year then when when there have been these outside um impediments <laughs> put upon us i mean sometimes it's locked down here it's locked down somewhere else and you can't travel and you can't do this and you can't do that uh but if i they understand then understand you 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 your people have been taking this uh, comparatively, sort of, uh, if not if not easy and 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 so, but but certainly they have been well, fairly well prepared to to adapt somehow to the situation. Would you say that that's true? It, yeah. Look, I, I think last spring was pretty appalling. We, you know, with with the company leadership team, we were obviously sort of. See, I remember being in Sydney last Chinese New Year when, when in, in fact, uh, we had to shut down our Shanghai office. So I was sitting in Sydney wondering if I can actually fly home anymore because the situation was quite rapidly escalating. And we told our team in Shanghai to please work from home. But obviously, like the business that we were in, people actually have desktop computers typically, right? And, and so the, the team in Shanghai as well were, were equipped with desktop computers because they had to come into the office to do their work because of the way that that business is structured in, in terms of like payroll operations are done from a secure office, et cetera. So this whole BCP scenario was almost like the worst nightmare for our business. And I must say that the team in Shanghai, like, you know, they would send pictures of what equipment they use. So they would have their kids like little iMacs with pink, like little fluffy toys pasted on them and they would do their work because right? our systems per se you can operate it was just that the way that the customers expect us to work is from an office environment so that sort of transformation into working from home it's not like everyone just took their laptop and went it's not that type of industry so so the first few months and we're trying to sort of and and we have about 400 people in manila and and hustling to try to get as many of them to get a laptop and we, we essentially got the non-essential workers, if you will. So the non-operations workers had to hand over their laptops to ops team members and not have any equipment to work with for a few months. So there was quite a lot of oh dear. genuine hustling, I would say. Yeah. But I think at one of the things that was, uh, but but I think the team 
like everyone, we've got such a client commitment, right? So, you know, typical payroll people will work until four in the morning to make sure that that pay is run as well. And that really, you know, so everyone went above and beyond doesn't even begin to describe it, I think. And if I look at the conditions that in, in particular our colleagues in Manila were, you know, it's, it's a bit of a different living standard than, you know, if you look at what type of conditions they've been working through in the last year, sitting on, you know, high radiators with their kids at home in lockdown and just continuing to perform without, we've actually had no material misses. We've had no client commitments missed um, in the whole last year so far that would have been of any significance you know, due to COVID. So, so I think that's pretty spectacular, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I was just picking up this. Quite a few people in your organizations have used to learn to, to use laptops. Uh, yep. <laughs> which, of course, again, this it might be seem like a trivial thing to do, but, but it's, of course, all of us who, who some, at some point we, we made that transition and we've been learning to use, use laptops and so on. We know it's, again, it's, it's one of those small things. But just the, the, there are a million of, of the small things over the year that we have learned to do without mm. or, or to, 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 to somehow to create, even though we don't have it. And I think you had a wonderful story there about how people, how people sort of um, compensate for the fact that they don't have the, the, mm. the, 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 the tools that they normally would need and, 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 and so on. And I think we've been wonderful examples for your teaching to your students again, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, because what Ina is saying is that it's in the small things that you achieve the big thing. Right, that's and, right. Yeah, and, and so so that made me wonder, Ina, because uh, the way you talk about leadership and change and the way you should manage people is uh, very much a, I would say, people-oriented perspective. And I've seen differently in different companies when they wanted to achieve high performance. And I was just wondering, was there any decisive moment in your career uh, where you felt like uh, the, the answer for getting the most out of people does not lie in procedures, technology, resources. It's something else. It's me. I don't, who yeah, I don't know if there was a decisive moment, but you yeah. know that whole... Um notion of that where you've got the sort of star performers or whatever you've got and everyone wants their team to be just those people and i think quite early on i sort of started to re reject that notion a little bit saying like the, the real challenge of organizations to say look everyone's going to have a sort of finite number of star performers well and of course you're going to want some of those in your team ideally as many as but i mean with our industry we're not actually apple we're not google right so we we, we get people but then you know there's going to be but, but the, the real trick is in getting the most out of your being. The, the people who want to come to work want to do their job and then they want to, you know, basically hang all that baggage in the office and go home. I, we, you've got to get the most out of those people when they come in. Like that's the actual ultimate success factor. So you always have the underperformers and you have to deal with that. But, and then you have the stars and you don't really have to deal with them. They kind of deal with themselves usually. But then you've got that whole big bulk of the, the people who just want to have a job and they don't want to, you know, like they don't want to leave the job, they don't want to commit to it, they don't want company sweaters all the time. How do you get those people to perform to their maximum capacity so that the company can actually grow, right? I think that's the trick. I and mean, that, that is about like making them feel like they have a purpose, making them feel like they have somewhere that they, they belong to. And that, you know, it's you know, nicer to come to work than not to come to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty interesting, Inna, then. How, how would you describe your, 
what, what's the what's the the role if you would put it into what what do you do as a leader then in in, in that sort of an organization what 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 is the work about really oh uh <laughs> i i i always think i look for opportunities to make myself unnecessary in a way it's like that's a bit of a sort of statement but I think I, I find you know if, as, as much as you can you let people do as much as they're able to do and then get out of their way so it's about this whole notion of like like I, I see myself as a problem solver for my team so I've got really good people reporting to me and they're really good at what they do why, why would I go and muck about and how they do it I, it's much better for me to say somebody comes up to me and says hey I'm stuck and I'll say okay well let me see how we can unstuck you so you can keep sort of climbing um and then and then typically i find in this i've done this for quite a while already this whole sort of like let, let me really try to do my work in a way where my role almost becomes unnecessary um and if you know ultimately if i'm bored then somebody usually comes and says well, would you like to do this instead so i'm not that concerned about my own job in, in that sense it's, it's really about saying look you know as little as possible like i just you know, I'll nudge, right? And if I don't, you know, I've definitely opinionated. So I went even knows if I'm not happy about something, I'll let them know. So it's, happily, I don't have to do that all too much. So, <laughs> so that's good. Tina, if, 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 if I would have a talk show, suppose it would be at uh, the Great Network, and I would have you as my interviewee, I would say, come on, Ina. Because uh, I spend hours and hours of training other people that they get at least a minimum level of awareness of all the things you are discussing. Hmm. And so, so that makes me wonder where, where did you get this from? What, 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 because in that way, uh, I would nearly consider you to be a living example of management books who are advocating this kind of things you're discussing. But in practice, practice I encounter is that many times it's very difficult to get people into a mood that they realize that you need to, you are getting the most out of people. You create a star. They are not a star. You should empower them instead of that you are in charge. And that's all the things you are doing. You empower them. You are trying to get the best out of people. Of course, you're saying, that sure, there are people who are underperforming, but then you can help them. And that that is a very, you know, it's a very modern view, I would say, on, on leadership. And from my consultancy practice, I know it's very hard to bring many managers to that kind of awareness. So that brings me back to your my, my previous question. Did you always have that kind of feeling that there must be the key, or did it just happen slowly? by the way you work or were you lucky by working in particular type of companies? Yeah, I think it's, uh, to be fair, I think it's a combination of, of, of luck and, and sort of evolution in a way. And, and you know, that whole, I think there's a, 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 a very big slice of self-awareness where I sort of, mm -hmm. I know that I have quite a big sort of personality and presence and I'm, and, and I quite, and I, and I sort of try to manage that a little bit and give room to others who are not. And I think there's a, I have had some really good managers, right? I've been really lucky in having managers that have been great at different things and certainly managers who have not been worried about giving me opportunities. So I think that that, you know, the benefit of having that type of a manager, you know, when you then say, well, look how much I gained from that, let me be the same way. So that model learning, I think is quite important here and that whole 
getting all those opportunities. And you know, those man- those managers sort of pushed me forward. They would typically mm-hmm. lose out because I was beneficial to them in their team, but they didn't have that. They were like, well, I'll I'll deal with that. You know, your success is more important for the overall. So, so that was always really something that I appreciated. I think that's probably the the, the most fair answer. To be to be honest, we should ask my team. <laughs> Because I feel a little bit embarrassed. It's not. I'm sure it's not perfect. Well, but but you're you're mentioning uh, several important things. Where where in research, it would say, uh, check you had good models, mentors. It, it would say check you were lucky to get into a certain circumstances which allowed you to do so. So that's another check. The third is, but then they gave you the opportunity to practice. So there's another check that already gets pretty close to all the necessary ingredients to get the most out of people. And that immediately triggered my my attention. And the other thing you mentioned is you're you're constantly referring to uh, it's about combining passion and purpose in the work. Because uh, uh, you need to have both when people are doing their work to get great performance. Yeah, I think there's there's this whole, you know, asking why, and, and I think that yeah. that is an important. Like, I was always reframing it more to be like, don't work, don't hit, you know, don't be shy about being curious. Because I think mm-hmm. that's about this is about that learning. When when you talk about learning, people think classroom and they think about courses and how you have to like, you know, further your own education all that. But I think to me, learning is like it, it is this oh, the micro-learning, these wonderful, like these little impulses that you pick up from where, you know, where you walk in the street or, you, you know, talk to people. And there's almost, there's a learning opportunity, practically speaking, everywhere. So I think that that's the whole, and I think that, that the burden that we take on ourselves if we think about learning as only classroom and the stress that we have about not learning <laughs> is terrible when, when actually almost every day I you know, try to also remind myself of something I was worth getting up because I learned something new today, whatever it was and how, however trivial. My, my son, who, who is four, he, he gave me a learning moment the other day. We were talking about the days of the week. You know what the, what their names are was the notion. And, and I asked him, well, what's the best day of the week? And he said, tomorrow. I said that was so. I was so spot on, right? That is the sort of definition of optimism. <laughs> yeah, what a great, what a great, great comment, actually. Yeah. But 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 this is this this is a a, a really good, really sort of a, a defining mo- moment, really, in this discussion. I think also that that view of learning, uh, and 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 coming back, connecting it to 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 the very some some of the first things I said in in, in taking that uh, that notion now to the situation we have have already and and uh, and treating this well the whole year even just tomorrow even today even even next whenever i mean the small the small moments all, all of that is learning and and then it becomes so so strange doesn't it to to, to think that we would be somehow now as a as a as a as 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 a world and uh, and as as people, we would say that look, this year has been terrible. This every this this has been all bad. I mean, again, I'm not this. I'm 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 definitely uh, understand that there are people who have have suffered terribly, and there's no nothing no nothing going around that. But but in a, in a, in a in a terrible and and wonderful sense, we have also learned haven't we have there have been those moments that have really made us more aware of who we are and what and what we do and so on and i just with that this 
bully comments, I'm turning you guys uh, over to, to, to this question, I suppose, uh, 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 about going further. And, 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 and not, let's forget that the pandemic subsides. It will, first of all, it will subside in different, different stages, times that you, uh, all, all over the world. So, so um, but it's at least there's somehow it's, it's starting to, there is the possibility again for, for doing some of the things that we didn't do before for meeting again and so on and so on, uh, for, 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 for things we didn't do for, for a year and so. So how, how should we, uh, with that fantastic team and group of people that you, for, that you have in for working with you, uh, what, how special is that? Is that time when when you can again work? Or have you sort of moved on already with that team? They are already in a different place, and and it's like you are. There won't be a, a going back to going to the new normal. There won't be a moment where things will be changing. Or it's it's happening already. How should we understand and and this and and treat it? I mean, I mean, for sure, this whole notion of, I mean, you know, when people, like, I really irritate me when people say, let's go back to work now. I'm like, bloody hell, we worked so hard for the whole last year just that we weren't in the office, right? So that's just, like, it's not any different. It's somehow just less ergonomical, if anything. And um, I think that, that it does take, it's like all things, you know, you have to learn and unlearn. So there's a lot of convenience in working from home, for instance, in that you're you know, very close to the fridge. You, you, you don't have to take a long lunch break. You're probably going to work more hours and stuff like that, that, you know, gets you things done in a certain way. And then you have to kind of learn to commute to work again. And you have to learn to schedule time to go get your lunch from the restaurant downstairs or whatever and, and there's kind of there's a, you learn that it takes a longer time to get ready in the morning and it, it is a bit of a journey um i did laugh here here, here in singapore a little bit because the, the government's recently announced that we now can have up to 75 percent of the workforce in in office at the same time which was a lower percentage previously which most of the sort of more traditional employers interpreted say right everyone back to the office i said well that's just ridiculous everyone's just gone you know miles and miles in proving that they can actually do be trusted to do everything that they were doing from home and now suddenly on a monday because you've got this announcement you now think everyone needs to come back and you need to stand and look at them work and it's just it makes no sense to me uh so i think that that you know but but to to be fair my team was remote in the past already and i was always hyper conscious from my guys an equity point of view because we had somebody in manila somebody in sydney etc it wasn't fair that just because some of us sat in singapore they would know more stuff than the others so trying really hard to also make sure that when we share information we share it somehow with everyone as much as possible so we used to sit a lot on team calls already in the past so i, I think probably you know moved on in some ways but i think it's also been like this was already how we were working to a degree in the past so there was always that sort of notion of having to trust so you've got if you've got people in shanghai if you've got people in bangkok you can't i can't be sitting watching them and even if i watch them i probably don't understand because i don't speak most of the languages so so that sort of you know you, you just have to accept that work is getting done i'm mindful of one one situation that i just want to have a quick quick ask uh, ask you quickly about the 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 situation you are you are in and you you can choose to how much you want 
on that too, how much you want to comment. But 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 you have ex now ex experienced a, a merger, or mm. if you, with, 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 with a, a many times larger company that that that's been, is, is the new, the the new owner of of of, of Ascender, and and um, so I'm just by way of leadership, how how. How would you say what 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 would be sort of the the approach you have now going ahead? I'm not going to ask you to evaluate now how different are the cultures and so on. We don't have time for that, and that's not really the focus. But 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 we are. I, I think have what have from from what you have said about your your leadership and how you think about it and described it. It it it's, it is interesting to hear a little bit of how. Can one go ahead with with that sort of leadership in in a new company setting? And how what what's your thoughts today on that? Um, yeah, no, really good question and really sort of topical to me. So that's exactly right. So we were acquired about six weeks ago, so it's pretty sort of new, and therefore I probably don't know enough about the impact. But if I speculate a little bit, so I think going back when when we were actually for sale, so we were private equity held in the past, right? so we we did a bit of a sort of pitch to us as a selection of potential buyers and. That actually was really difficult because that was highly secretive. And so I wasn't allowed to tell my team about it. And I usually tell my team everything unless I'm specifically told not to. So, you know, I, I find that this sort of reasonably wild transparency serves better than to try not to say, well, this management stuff and I shouldn't be telling this. Um, I trust people to be smart about things. Um it was a difficult period because it was literally not allowed to tell my team what was going on. And I had all these meetings at the most amazing hours and I was tired. So I had to get on a call at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. and so on. Um, so that was hard. And in fact, once the acquisition was realized, I find it's been much easier again in it for me personally, because it's been a, I've had the, the sort of renewed possibility to be very transparent and to also talk about things that happened in the period where I couldn't tell my team all the things that I would normally share with them. You know, you have to ask people for data points or information that you don't have, but you can't tell them why. And <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous. So it's very un, un, out of character for me. So, of course, because I have this transparency and I did, then don't have it. And it's a bit suspicious. I think people were thinking I was looking for a job or something. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that whole, I think I can only persist. I, I, I can't very well behave differently. I have tried you know, in other environments to be a little bit more corporate or to try to sort of toe the line a little bit more. And, and it just becomes very hard for me personally to do. So I think the only thing I can do is to, to continue as much as possible to follow the same approach. And I think that's what my team would expect from me. Like you would still expect this whole same, like one of the things that people like is, is relative constancy. So they like, you know, if they like that their managers or leaders, then they like them to stay and behave the same way. And if they see them becoming disingenuous, then that's obviously like problematic from that trust point of view. Now, say that whole trust exercise and that culture change exercise is such a long journey, right? So one of the things that I am actively worried about right at the moment is that we are still, in my mind, in a bit of an inflection point where if now we make mistakes, we will see that teams are regressing back into the old bad behaviors of just sitting at work and not caring which is something that is a bit concerning but obviously again early days and no particular reason to expect the worst so so uh, but, but again this seems like a hugely bigger uh, well at least as big as, as as the end of the pandemic i was going to say so so again i think this is serves serves us right to re, to see that hey 
mergers happen, organizations and, and those will change. And though, regardless of the pandemic, they are there and they can happen in the middle of mid, 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 almost mid pandemic or what, whatever this, after, this slower phase that we are now, now experiencing, I suppose. So uh, that's it. I'm, we are approaching the, 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 the end of, of, of our time, I was going to say, but the time we have, we, we thought that this would be decent for a talk, we could go on forever. But Wim, is there a question that you would like to, 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 to put to, to Inna here at the end? Yeah, I've, I've, I've won uh, more because we, the, the way we discussed so far um, the nature of work and the nature of leadership is uh, what you can do to make it possible. And it made me wonder what, in your view, are boundary conditions which keep you away from achieving the things you want to achieve. Of course, in an implicit way, you already mentioned it, you need to be genuine. So the, the implication is you, you, what you should not do is be dishonest. But I can imagine, for example, that the formal appraisals the systems within the company stand in your way. You are mentioning, uh, maybe I'm not that type of corporate person, but just me. And I, I want to work the way the, and, uh, I am. And so, so the companies I work with are constantly seeking for give, give me a technique, give me a protocol in, in prevent us of uh, working in the old way because we want to do it like you are advocating. And then when I tell them all the things, for example, you are telling, they look me in the eyes a little bit sad and they tell me, you know, come on. Uh, but, but that's not new, that's not rocket science, it's not whatever, fantastic. So, so many times what, what happens is that those companies, there's something underneath it which keeps them from doing it, it prevents them from doing it. Do you have any experiences from where on one hand you are achieving all the things you want to do and the way you discuss it, but on the other hand there are things which we need to get rid of in terms of old practices? Oh, I, I, plenty. Um, I think there's probably a good way to describe a challenge in organizations, which is typically politics, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's a, a bit of a cop-out word as well, but it's this whole, like there is a fair bit of that whole, like building walls where you don't need to have one saying, mm -hmm. well, look, you've got no mandate to do this. This is not within your authority. You don't. So, you, you know, you may have the best of intentions and you know that whole, looking beyond your boundaries and saying well this i see this person doing this in this way i know a much quicker way to get there i should go tell them and then when you do that with the best intentions because that's how you're mm -hmm. wired they, they they go but that is not your mandate i we don't have the authority this is not how it was described because there is some level of like a dogmatism in the organizations that is not that organ and, and genuinely i think like leaders are not aware that, that mm -hmm. exists and so and, and they're not aware that they're perpetuating these types of behaviors by sort of making making it very difficult for people to be transparent like there's a there's this whole like i i'm always super conscious of the fact that people are unlikely to tell me the truth so if i if i go to someone working for me and ask them so you know what's you know what, what do you think we should change and i no, no everything you know yes minister everything is perfect um so I have to be a little bit more clever. I have to ask other people what that person might likely say. If I, you know, you have to be a little bit more wily about understanding what's happening in your organization. And you have to be extremely aware 
of like small signals of things going slightly wrong as well as, mm-hmm. a, as a, I guess, you know, a leader. And that to me, but I'm so curious if I think something's happening, I want to find out what, so I will ask and I will, I will find a way to find out and that certainly helps. But I think that, that if you don't care, if you don't want to find, if you don't want to change, then you're not gonna, right? Oh, I think that that's the whole, it's this whole, it is genuineness and it's this real interest in, in people, in things and, in, 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 you know, in making a difference that, that you have to find. I think, honestly, yeah, there, there really is, like you said, there unfortunately isn't always a shortcut to stuff. So you can't always pay your way into these things. So. What a wonderful comment. <laughs> I think, thanks, 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 Inna, for, for, for that. I, uh, we said something about being inspirational uh, uh, the, the, in, in the, when we started this this show and I think uh, those those are the things that we need to go by and it, it's wonderful great great of you to to connect that to a, something very again very personal very, uh, and very individual very human actually well, that's that's what the word I was looking for I knew there is one so, yeah. so so the human is the thing I mean and it's not a management trait to be curious is it it, it is a human trait and and I think that is a wonderful thing, good to good to remember. And maybe just going approaching this time, difficult as it is in 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 some ways, approaching it with with curiosity, and 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 collectively as as you obviously do, and and and, and so on. I've, at this point, I thank you both for 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 a great great discussion. This was this was both illuminating and. And uh, I think invigorating. So, Inna Wahlberg, thank you very much uh, for, for for this. And and Wim, as as always, Wim Heiselas for for spotting those very very interesting interesting not discontinuities, but but thing ways to connect to Inna's Inna story uh, story here. And listeners, uh, our our guests and, and discussants here, Wim Kaiselas and Ina Wolberg, can be reached. You can reach them through me if you have some comments or something you want to relay. Uh, then you can just just um, uh, do, do do that do that to me. You have been listening to the Talentman's Talk, one of a series of, of uh, a number of interviews on different topics. I might add, and so please, if you are curious as to what are the other topics. Go and have a look at the website, the Talentmas website. You can find them there. Have a great day, wherever you are. You have been listening to a Talentmas Talks podcast produced by Talentmas, the company using digital approaches to create more dialogue and learning in teams and faster change in companies. Learn more at www.talentmas.pro.